You're listening to the Deep Gripping Reality Podcast. The show that gives you leadership lessons and insights from the cutting edge of digital marketing. Hosted by Stephen J. Edelman. It's about to get deep. With over 126 million subscribers, Jimmy Donaldson, better known as Mr. Beast, is among the most popular YouTube content creators in the world. Many of his viewers return to his channel for his famous giveaways and over-the-top stunts, each video reportedly costing an average of $1.5 million to produce over the course of several months. What a lot of his viewers may not know is just how business savvy Mr. Beast is. Donaldson is also a serial entrepreneur who runs at least three businesses uh, and, and is a ph- philanthropist who's responsible for raising over $200 million for various charities, um, according to his own YouTube channel's About page. Donaldson and his business partners created and operate several various entities, including Feastables, which is a healthier alternative candy bar company, Beast Philanthropy, which is a YouTube channel and organization. Uh, The channel itself has 11.3 million subscribers and donates 100% of the proceeds and profits from ad revenue, merchandise of sales, and sponsorship deals to various charities. And finally, Mr. Beast Burger. Now, Donaldson has leveraged his fame uh, to raise awareness for the imp- uh, raise awareness of the importance of philanthropy, he started the Mr. Beast Foundation in 2020. He later renamed that to Beast, Phil- Beast Philanthropy to raise money for charitable causes um, and encourages viewers to donate. He hosts multiple philanthropic events, such as his 2020 Team Trees Initiative, which raised over 20 million dollars. Um, in donations for the National Forest Foundation and was later followed up by a similar effort to clean plastic pollution out of the ocean called Team Seas. That resulted in 33.2 million pounds of trash removed um, from the ocean to date, according to TeamSeas.org. Donaldson's business acumen is evident in the success of his companies. His YouTube channel has earned an impressive $70 million in ad revenue, according to Forbes. And he also has a healthy following on social media with over 33 million followers combined on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Donaldson's merchandise sales are also reportedly doing very well, with his Mr. Beast brand selling over $20 million worth of products annually, also according to Forbes. Now, Mr. B's success is a testament to the power of social media and the potential of entrepreneurship in the digital age. His strategies in content creation, philanthropy, and business have allowed him to make an extremely powerful impact on the world with no signs of throwing of slowing, as all of these accomplishments achieved by Donaldson were done before the age of 24 years old. Now, let's take a moment to shift gears and talk a little bit about mobile apps. Now a current staple 
of the modern business arena, mobile apps have revolutionized the way that businesses interact with their customers. By leveraging the convenience of mobile technology, businesses can provide customers with a more personalized experience, faster service, and more accurate ordering. Additionally, mobile apps provide businesses with the valuable customer data, which allows them to better understand their customers' preferences and tailor their offerings accordingly. With more customer data, savvy businesses can also better target their marketing and promotions to reach the right audiences. A key competitive advantage isn't always understanding technology, however. Sometimes it's best to understand who's operating in the space you want to move into so that you can partner with them in a mutually beneficial way. And such was the case of Mr. Beast Burger, but I'll go further on that in just a moment. According to an article by Alicia Kelso for Forbes, sales in the restaurant industry in 2022 were expected to hit 80, I'm sorry, $898 billion. This number was up roughly 2% from $864 billion in 2019 and follows a decade of steady growth um, that has seen the, in, in the restaurant industry grow by approximately double digits each year since 2008. Now, this growth is in despite of a massive and well-documented hit to the restaurant industry in 2019 and 2020, thanks to the coronavirus pan global pandemic. Now, where many people would see the pandemic sh shutdown of restaurants as a reason to shy away from the industry, Jimmy Donaldson saw this data, along with a rise in popularity of applications such as DoorDash, Uber Eats, and Grubhub, as a unique business opportunity. The restaurant industry has changed drastically with the emergence of mobile apps. Restaurants can now reach a much larger, a larger audience with these applications and offer customers an easier and more efficient experience. Not only can restaurants uh, encourage the use of their own unique mobile app, but they can partner with delivery apps like the ones I just mentioned to create a network to reach more customers. Thanks in large part to these networked opportunities, customers are now able to order food from the comfort of their own home, pay for it with a few simple clicks, and have it delivered to their doorsteps. With their own mobile apps, restaurants can also provide customers with coupons and discounts, loyalty programs, and even special offers. Many restaurant mobile apps also, uh, also offer a range of features such as real-time order tracking, reservation management, and online payments that provide an enhanced customer experience overall. So the rise of mobile apps has really enabled restaurants to streamline their operations and offer a better overall customer experience. By allowing customers to place their orders online, restaurants can reduce the wait times and provide more efficient service. Additionally, mobile apps can be used to manage customer ordering and payment processes, which streamlines accounting um, and may be able to help with the supply chain needs. So by using mobile apps, restaurants have the ability to provide customers a more personalized experience, uh, including customized menus and, and recommendations based on their past orders, which is great for add-on sales. Finally, mobile apps have enabled restaurants to reach a larger uh, audience. So through mobile apps and their partnerships with them, they can advertise and offer uh, special discounts, as I mentioned before. And finally, they allow customers to leave reviews and ratings, which can help them improve the customers, receive improved customer service, and restaurants ultimately get to gain more customers.
All of these features and benefits have helped restaurants who have been quick to jump on the mobile app movement to grow and become more successful. Jimmy Donaldson has become an expert at recognizing golden opportunities. In 2020, with no experience as a restaurateur, he took an entrepreneurial risk that would end up seeing the rise of over 1,800 new restaurant locations across the country in less than two years. His restaurant partners would go on to net roughly a minimum of an additional $500 in profit per day, and the Mr. Beast Burger Company would count, and I quote, over $100 million in revenue shared across America, according to a tweet by Donaldson. Now, before I get into all of that, I should probably talk a little bit about the history of Mr. Beast for those who are unaware or unfamiliar. Jimmy Donaldson started his YouTube channel when he was only 11 years old. He actually didn't have any proper recording equipment and was very obsessed with YouTube. That's all he wanted to talk about. He was antisocial, essentially. He didn't really like interacting with people much, except for in baseball, with which he was absolutely 100% obsessed. But when it came to YouTube, nobody really wanted to talk about it. It wasn't the platform it is today. So he was kind of seen as a weirdo by a lot of his classmates. Um, he was very antisocial in that respect, but he was obsessed with YouTube. He knew that there was a future there, especially when he figured out how much YouTubers like PewDiePie were making back in the day. So he used an iPhone and borrowed his brother's laptop to edit videos on in the evenings. And between uploads, he would study other videos and really try to get a sense of what made popular videos pop. He really tried to understand what it was about this video specifically that would make it go viral versus another video that seemed to have just as good content, but maybe didn't go off as well or didn't have as good average view duration, that sort of thing. What I'm getting at is that before, even before he was a teenager, Mr. Beast was performing competitive analysis, trying to understand content gaps and how best to fill them, even if he didn't realize that that's exactly what he was doing. He was also building other important entrepreneurial skills. Donaldson soon grew to understand the various YouTube algorithms, the importance of powerful titles and thumbnails, and perhaps most importantly, how to negotiate solid partnerships, brand deals, and sponsorships. Now, this led to his first brand deal with a company called Quid. And in this deal, Donaldson negotiated with the sponsor to give him $10,000, which he would in turn give to a homeless person. 100% of it to this homeless guy. Now, Quidditch had partnered with a lot of YouTubers before, and this would have been Donaldson's very first brand deal, so he didn't really have a lot of negotiating power. But in an interview, Mr. B said that he literally stood there for about eight hours on the phone, pacing around his driveway, trying to convince Quid to give him the additional $5,000. His reason for insisting on $10,000 is because it'd make a much better title and he would guarantee that it would go viral. The title, feel free to search for it, is giving a ram random homeless person $10,000. He was right. And the bottom line is, after many hours of negotiating, Donaldson closed the deal and kept his word, giving the homeless man all of the money in cash. In a later video, titled Giving My Mom $100,000, The Proudest Day of My Life, Donaldson explained to his mother that he had to give her the money in order to ensure that the video goes viral and make more money. 
Now, this demonstrates Donaldson's entrepreneurial mentality uh, and belief in reinvesting in everything he makes back into his business. These types of philanthropic videos led to his fast-growing popularity with an audience of tens of millions of viewers on every single video he uploads. The growth and success of the Mr. Beast brand is not only due to Donaldson's ability to connect with a broad audience, but it's also his ability to build a sense of community and his desire to reinvest revenue with the singular focus of creating the best possible videos and the best experience within those videos possible. He understands the value of mastering human psychology, sociology, and how to apply these concepts to hack attention and retain audience interest in videos. On November 19th, 2020, the Mr. Beast Burger opened a one-day free drive-through pop-up restaurant called Mr. Beast Burger in Wilson, North Carolina. During the restaurant's short lifespan, again, only one day, Mr. Beast and friends gave away fistfuls of cash, free food, iPhones, and other prizes to thousands of fans while, of course, utilizing the day's events for the content of a video. In the video, titled, I Opened a Restaurant That Pays You to Eat at It, Donaldson shocked viewers at the end of the video where he revealed that nearly anyone in America watching the video could order food from any of the over 300 real Mr. Beast Burger locations in the United States. The catch? The only way to order the food from Mr. Beast Burger would be through, the smartphone, through a smartphone using delivery applications. He encouraged users to, quote, open up whatever you have and search Mr. Beast Burger, or to download the Beast Burger app on iOS and Android. The video became the number one trending video on YouTube, landed in the top five most, and, and the app itself landed in the uh, most downloaded on iTunes and Google Play, and the video landed in the top five most popular Google searches, according to an article by QSR Magazine. In the video, you can see what an instant success the pop-up restaurant was. By the end of the day, a literal 20-mile long line had formed, which is an impressive testament to the power of social media marketing as a digital tool, uh, as a marketing tool. As Do Donaldson had done nothing to promote the location beyond the billboard from outside of the restaurant. So to recap, Mr. Beast opened 300 restaurants across the country in a single day at the same time with no restaurateur experience. For context, and the reason that I sound so mind-boggled about this is that it took McDonald's 15 years to open 300 locations across the United States. And Mr. Beastburger not only opened 300 stores overnight, but has since opened nearly 2,000 locations worldwide in just under three years. So the key to the change remarkable success and growth involves not only his online, massive online uh, fan community utilizing a few robust mobile apps, including the Mr. Beast Burger app, but also the power of Mr. Beast's brand himself. Now, I think it's important to note that Mr. Beast Burger uses the applications as the cornerstone of his business model. This entire podcast episode seeks to examine the various ways in which Mr. Beast Burger leveraged multiple mobile apps and business partnerships um, 
to really succeed from and, and get a competitive advantage. I actually saw the video the day it went live. Now, I catch most of Mr. Beast's videos because it's what I do for a living. I, I watch great content creators. I study what they're doing and basically do now as a 41-year-old man what Mr. Beast was doing as a 12-year-old kid. I figure out what makes things go viral and how you can apply that to uh, modern business practices, right? So when I saw this video the day it went live, I, I was really intrigued. Let me explain why. Watching thousands of people drive up to a drive through and be handed wads of cash along with a burger and fries, that's amusing for sure. When I saw the end where Donaldson announced the ability to order a Beast Burger, I was personally intrigued and hungry. <laughs> I remember thinking that if I was lucky, perhaps I'd be able to find a Mr. Beast Burger location in Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, or even Ames. But surely there'd be no way that I would find a Mr. Beast Burger in my location uh, anywhere near my little hometown that I lived in. So I opened the Google Play Store app. Um, I downloaded the Mr. Beast Burger app. And sure enough, to my amazement, we had a Mr. Beast Burger location in my town. I was completely shocked because I hadn't seen the branding. I thought for sure there'd be something in the local newspaper, anything. But it, I, I, I hadn't heard anything. So I jumped in my car and I drove to the location address listed on the app. But I was confused to find myself in a Perkins, Perkins parking lot. After much hesitation, I walked in and somewhat awkwardly asked if I could order a Mr. Beast Burger. The manager said yes, but that Beast Burgers and the Beast Burger menu were only available via the app and that I could only order that way. They couldn't be ordered in store. I mentioned that I couldn't believe they had a second secret restaurant sharing the Perkins space. And the manager told me that they didn't really go around advertising it, but it was sure that but but that he was sure the secret would be out soon. So I was informed that Mr. Beast Burger operated at the time exclusively using what are called ghost kitchens. Before that day, I'd never heard of a ghost kitchen. You may be wondering, what is a ghost kitchen? Well, a ghost kitchen is a type of restaurant that doesn't offer dine-in services. Instead, it just focuses on delivery and takeout orders. Ghost kitchens are typically set up in a commercial kitchen space, and they're shared by multiple restaurants um, and they often run through a third-party delivery company, such as Grubhub, Uber Eats, that sort of thing. The concept's not entirely new, but it seems to have grown in popularity thanks to the COVID pandemic. Now, this makes sense. Restaurants have unused space and physical assets and, and uh, equipment that is not being used. There's a drop in revenue and a drop in clientele, so that unused space is a ghost kitchen, Seems like it would naturally be a great solution, and many restaurants embraced it. What makes the concept so appealing is that ghost kitchens ultimately allow a virtual restaurant owner, such as Mr. Beastburger, to save on costs by not having to pay for a physical storefront, while also being able to offer customers the convenience of delivery. Now, I feel I should clarify here. I've used two different terms, and I don't want you to think they're interchangeable. In researching this, I found that there is a distinct difference between a ghost kitchen and a virtual restaurant. A ghost kitchen is a commercial kitchen that's used exclusively to prepare takeout orders. It has no storefront, 
no seating area, and its only purpose is to produce food for customers who place orders online through delivery services. A virtual restaurant, on the other hand, is a full-on restaurant concept that operates exclusively online. So it may use a ghost kitchen to prepare the food, or it may partner with an existing restaurant to have it prepared and delivered, but it itself is not at the physical location. Virtual restaurants typically have no physical presence and rely solely on online platforms to advertise and take orders. Virtual restaurants tend to have a single menu and they keep their costs down by focusing on the delivery only side of things. And the reason for that's actually simple. If you're not paying rent and you don't have to purchase equipment or train staff, then you don't need as much money to get started or run the operation. It's especially helpful when it comes to startups, which often find themselves with an extremely limited budget at first. It also allows them to test out their concepts with less capital and then expand gradually as they grow into their own brand identity um, with their growing reputation and following. This model is probably exactly what drove Mr. Beast and his team to the idea. In the case of Mr. Beast Burger, a virtual restaurant, partnerships were made with existing restaurants to utilize unused space and equipment as a ghost, ghost kitchen to prepare the orders. For the execution of the plan, Donaldson partnered with a company called Virtual Dining Concepts. Now, this is a company with a proven record of mutually beneficial arrangements for virtual restaurants. According to the website, joinvdc.com, virtual, virtual Dining Concepts value proposition is simple. You're already cooking. We offer an easy, solution to generate more revenue out of your existing kitchen with minimal impact on your current operations. Now that sounds like the perfect pitch for Donaldson to give to 300 potential restaurant partners to get them on board. As the Mr. Beast Burger video and successful launch of the Mr. Beast Burger virtual restaurant chain has proven, when properly planned and executed, the networked ghost kitchen, I almost said goat kitchen, no, no, no. The networked ghost kitchen system allows restaurants to be opened in less than 30 minutes with no human labor required alongside, uh, I'm sorry, with no human labor required aside from loading products into digital carts on an app-based interface prior to launch. And that's all done before the switch is flipped. Mr. Beastburger's partnership with VDC, as I'll call it, Virtual Dining Concepts, meant that VDC helped with everything from designing the high-quality and Beast, Mr. Beast brand-themed menu, um, which was very unique, to ironing out the details of the restaurant partnerships. The result is the customers can get a delicious American classic Mr. Beast-themed smash burger delivered to their door without having to spend too much money on it. The strategy has allowed Mr. Beast Burger's value proposition to stand out from competitors like Five Guys Burgers, McDonald's, and um, Shake Shack Incorporated. Now, Mr. Beast Burger is not technically a franchise yet, and that's important because it means that the company also has the added benefit of not having to worry about the FTC's rule compliance guide. Now, for those that, you, that don't know, the FTC's Franchise Rule Compliance Guide provides guidance on how to comply with their franchise rule. It's a, it regulates the sale of franchises in the United States, and it explains uh, the guide itself re, uh, explains the requirements of the rule, including 
disclosures that have to be made to prospective franchisees, uh, the registration and filing requirements, the limitations on certain types of conduct, um, and also provides information on the enforcement of the rule and resources for franchisees and franchisors. Now, because Mr. Beesberger operated as a virtual restaurant, they were able to avoid dealing with all of this and work directly with restaurants and franchise owners, current franchise owners. This meant that Mr. Beesberger and VDC have much more negotiating power over the restaurant partners in the long term. Now, after opening an additional estimated 1,300 locations nationwide since launch, the company decided to open what was promised to be the very first of many physical brick and mortar locations in a mall. Now, the event also obviously became a video, resulting in an estimated 200,000 people visiting the location on opening day. I believe that the opening of a physical location and the stated in intent to open several hundred more physical locations in the near future is proof that Donaldson's entrepreneurial experiment was more of a calculated strategic business maneuver that announced to the world that Mr. Beesberger is a real player in the restaurant industry and is here to stay. Now, I know that Jimmy Donaldson, Mr. Beast, the Beast team, uh, people from Beast Philanthropy, or even um, the Night Media, which is the managing group of Mr. Beast's brand, um, or even VDC, I know that none of those people are going to hear this podcast. But I do have a few recommendations for growth. Um, in case anybody decides to open their own uh, ghost kitchen or, or virtual restaurant, or if by some miracle, the Mr. Beast team does happen to hear this podcast. So here are a few recommendations for growth. First of all, if it's financially viable, I recommend that Mr. Beast consider one of the following entrepreneurial moves for Mr. Beast Burger and potentially its other customers or companies rather. The first option is starting their own delivery service, Beast Delivery. Now the creation of Beast Delivery would provide multiple benefits, including higher customer satisfaction, thanks to more control over the quality and speed of delivery less revenue loss um, because you don't have to pay as much to the delivery partners. And so you have control over um, that aspect of it. And having control over an in-house Beast Delivery app would allow access to even more valuable data that could provide insights and valuable information about potential new markets. The second viable option that I would recommend would allow Mr. Beast Burger to gain more of the revenue share improve the competitive advantage, and increase overall growth. I believe that Jimmy Donaldson or the Mr. Beast Company, whatever the entity is, could and should buy a large share, if not a controlling interest, in an existing delivery service such as Grubhub. Now, it could be any delivery service, but for the sake of this recommendation, I'm just throwing Grubhub out there because it's one that everybody knows and it's easy to say. <laughs> So this option makes sense because Grubhub already has a large customer base and well-established delivery network. So owning or having a, a very uh, high interest uh, ownership share would give Mr. Reesberger access to the larger customer database as well as efficient and cost-effective delivery network. Mr. Beast could also leverage Grubhub's existing technology to improve the customer experience on the Mr. Beast Burger platform. Um, and also make it easier for customers to place orders, and, and hopefully that would result in higher sales. 
Acquiring a company like Grubhub would give Mr. Beastburger more control over the revenue share, allowing the company to make better decisions about pricing and marketing strategies. The idea feels slightly superior to the first one, starting Beast Delivery, because it means the Beast team doesn't have to reinvest uh, or in, uh, invest or reinvent technology that already exists or build networks that already exist, um, and instead can focus on driving a, a better and more innovative product, which is kind of Donaldson's proven business model. My third recommendation is after opening more privately owned locations, it makes sense that Mr. Beast Burger does tackle the beast in the room. Expand Mr. Beast Burger's presence further through franchising, especially internationally. Franchising has a lot of benefits, but I'd recommend that Mr. Beast Burger find a strategic partner similar to VDC, or if not, explore this uh, avenue through VDC to ensure that the execution goes smoothly. That's gonna be very important to the successful launch of more franchised um, locations. So for those that are unaware of how franchising works or why it's good, franchising is a great way to expand a company's reach even more quickly and cost-effectively. Franchisees can be given an opportunity to own and operate their very own Mr. Beast Burger outlet um, or restaurant. It allows them to represent the brand, provide local customers with the same high quality food and service, um, and you know grow revenue in that area keeping it in town. They also benefit from the support of the larger Mr. Beast Burger Corporation and the ability to leverage the brand's established reputation. Additionally, franchising allows the company to benefit, and by the company, I mean Mr. Beast Burger, to, to benefit from um, incoming capital from the franchisees, which can then be used to explore new markets and expand the company's presence and overall market share. The more I think about it, the, the, the combination of franchise locations with the existing Mr. Beast Burger app and potentially Beast Delivery would be the optimal solution to ensure maximum customer satisfaction, overall experience, and overall exposure. Now, finally, regardless of the path of the brick and mortar locations, because of their proven ability to execute, I strongly believe that Mr. Beast Burger should focus on further strengthening the partnership with VDC. Through this partnership, Mr. Beast Burger can take advantage of their extensive global network of restaurant partners, and that'll give Mr. Beast Burger an opportunity to open the brand to new markets and new regions while also leveraging VDC's expertise in finding and negotiating with restaurants and delivery partners. Additionally, this partnership could help Mr. Beast Burger to establish relationships with local suppliers, distributors, uh, logistics partners, as well as localize the menu uh, and pricing for each market. Localizing the menu offerings in new markets has proven to be vital to the viability of new restaurants looking to expand. Through the VDC partnership, Mr. Beast Burger can benefit from in-depth marketing knowledge that VDC has as well as relationships the VDC has with restaurant and delivery partners. This will help Mr. Beast Burger expand their reach and make their brand more accessible to a wider audience more quickly and effectively. Additionally, VDC's expertise in finding the right partners for each market can help Mr. Beast Burger save time and money and increase the efficiency of their operations in each new market. So obviously, the rise of Mr. Beast Burger has been meteoric. Uh, it doesn't look like it's slowing down. It looks like it's here to stay. 
and it looks like it was a great little idea. I respect Mr. Beast. I respect his team. And I think that it was uh, a very smart move to open Mr. Beast Burger. For those wondering, his plans for the future in general, not necessarily with Mr. Beast Burger, is that he eventually would like to start a Beast Gaming app, uh, whether it's like, I, I believe it's his own like app development company, um, as well as several brick and mortar um, Mr. Beast Burger locations, which I mentioned. Um, he's always growing and expanding. Some estimate that within the next five years, his empire will be worth 50, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 10 to $20 billion. Uh, that's across all of his companies and brands. It's insane. So as you may have been able to tell, I read a lot of that episode and I don't usually do that. A lot of my episodes, I usually go off the cuff, go off the top of my head. I don't usually read an episode. And the reason I read this episode is because I was doing a, uh, uh, I was doing a report, a required report for um, my business, entre my, I'm sorry, corporate entrepreneurship class. And uh, we were told that we had to pick a company that utilized mobile technology as a cornerstone of, his of its business model and how and why it was dependent on uh, mobile technology to grow and to thrive. And instantly I thought of Beast Burger because of my, I, I shared a little story in there that is 100% true about how blown away I was. The idea that Beast Burger had partnered with Perkins in a small town like mine to make sure that I had a Beast Burger I could order was just absolutely insane. And the crazy part that I I, I couldn't fathom the idea that I can't couldn't go up to the counter and just order the order the sandwich. I know they're making it there. I know they have the products there, but the reality was they did not have the ability to take orders and actually ring them up. They couldn't take cash. Everything was done through the app. And I thought that was really mind boggling. And I, I kind of did it, did it as my own little case study. You'll notice in the show notes uh, of this episode, all of my work cited. I actually did a lot of research for this podcast episode and, and for the paper from which it came. Um, and it's uh, it, it was a lot of fun to do the research. Um, and I think that you will really find some very, very, very interesting um, information in there. So I think that you will uh, find yourself going down a really cool rabbit hole if you decide to take a look at some of those some of those links. Um, regardless, I thank you very much for your time, and I encourage you to reach out if you have any questions or if you want to discuss this or what. Tell me what your thoughts are on on this business model on ghost kitchen, virtual kitchens, on how the technology is really taking over. Um, and what it means to legacy restaurants. I had a whole bit in there that I actually ended up cutting about um, McDonald's and their being slow to adapt new technology. I don't know if you knew this, this could be a whole other podcast episode, but McDonald's actually passed on the rights to get McDonald's.com because it didn't think the internet was going anywhere. I thought the corporate thought that the internet was a fad. And so somebody bought McDonald's.com specifically to hold on to it to sell or give. I don't remember which he did. To McDonald's when they came knocking and sure enough they eventually came knocking so um, yeah I found that all very very interesting uh, I thank you very much for your time and until next time dig deep my friends